Welcome back to Since the Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Hebrews chapter 13. It reads, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I appeal to you, brothers, bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. You should know that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those who come from Italy send you greetings. Grace be with all of you. As we jump in here to Hebrews chapter 13, I see a big parallel between how this chapter starts as well as Romans 12. Both of those sections, Romans 12, 9 through the end of that chapter, as well as here, the first six verses of this chapter, have what I call like a staccato group of commands. It's moved to a very practical, here are the nuts and bolts of what's taking place. But remember that we can't just jump all the way to these places and look at the desired actions the same way we couldn't just do that in Romans 12, because doing that forsakes the foundation that it has created about the sacrifice of Jesus and the way in which he has displayed for us the love of God in a way that calls us to respond appropriately. So here in Hebrews 13, as well in Romans 12, 9 through the end of that chapter, we have these lists of desired evidences of a response of God in our lives. The first of these, to let love continue, brotherly love specifically, to display hospitality to others, to remember those who are in difficult situations, such as imprisonment or suffering, And then to be sexually pure and to be set apart from the way in which the world has displayed itself, specifically in regards to the love of money. 
As we walk through those types of things, it gives us a specific way in which our life will display our honor to God by the way we make sacrifices that are not necessarily the physical sacrifices that were made, but are these spiritual sacrifices or spiritual displays of our faith in our following the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that continue in verse 7 with the way in which we respond to our leaders, as well as the way in which we adhere to the truth of the gospel. So these things are all displayed to us as spiritual sacrifices or the way in which we are to respond as Christians to what God has done for us. No longer do we need to make physical sacrifices because the blood of Jesus has already cleansed us from all of our sins, but we are called to still act in accordance with the commands of God. And so we need to understand that our life should progressively grow in our ability to respond to God appropriately. We display that as we live out our faith each day. But let us not forget the warnings that the author has given us here in Hebrews, that if we put these commands into a checklist mentality, that we can end up being just like the Old Testament believers who were doing the actions without having the appropriate heart attitude toward the Lord. So we can walk through our day saying, yes, I have loved others. Yes, I have shown hospitality, etc., etc., etc. We can do those things, but without the right heart attitude, without the right and proper focus, we're not actually doing the will of God. But instead, we are feeding the bondage of sin in what we could consider a very moral way. And so as we think about this today, hopefully we understand the way in which our lives should display to God our understanding of what he has done for us, that we respond appropriately to the way in which he has revealed himself to us, and that our life overflows into a life of obedience to him. When we are obeying him, when we are living according to the commands that he's given us, we receive joy and fulfillment as we are used by God for the extension and the expansion of his kingdom. He's able to use the willing servants who are doing that in the right means, for the right purpose, and with the right motivation. As he uses us in those situations, we see the way in which the sacrifices that we make are rewarded and are turned into opportunities for us to represent Christ in all the places that we go. And so hopefully that helps us to anchor our faith today in the fact that we're able to respond to God for what he's done for us. The depth of grace that is displayed to us gives us an understanding that we know that there's no way that we could ever repay him for what he's done. But in small ways today, we can choose to live in obedience to him. We can choose to represent him in what we do. And we can choose to point others to him by the way in which we live, the way in which we act, the way in which we think. And so may that be present and may that be true in each of our lives today. As far as a question from this passage, there's two that really just jump off the page for me. The first one is, how have we entertained angels unaware? And the second one is, what's going on with Timothy here at the end? I'd love for us to focus on the one about Timothy because I think it displays for us some important hermeneutics or principles that we use as we study God's word. Here we have Timothy mentioned in verse 23, first time in the book. We don't really know exactly what's going on. We don't have other places that we can corroborate what's being said about this. But as we look here in the context and as we think about what the writer of Hebrews has been talking about, I believe we get a hint at what's taking place in verse 3. 
It says, Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. I believe that that verse has a very much great significance to what's happened here with Timothy. We don't necessarily know if Timothy has been released from prison, or if he has been released from an obligation, or if he has been released from some sort of a hardship. But in some way, he has been set free from what's taking place and is now going to be able to continue what he was doing as far as his ministry. This book, this chapter specifically, have focused on the way in which we endure the hardships, the persecutions, the sufferings, so that we can understand how we are experiencing God and representing him to others. With Timothy here, we don't know the specifics of what's taken place. It's not written in the scriptures. There are many people who think he was imprisoned. There are other people who think maybe he had some sort of a vow that had taken place that he was now released from and able to move on with his life and freedom. But whatever the case is, Timothy is mentioned here specifically by the author of Hebrews as an example of what's taking place in the rest of the letter. There are no other specific individuals that are mentioned here in this greeting. So his situation must have something to bear with what's been talked about. And I believe that the people who would be receiving this, at least initially, would have had an understanding of what took place with Timothy's life, and that would have given them greater clarity on what the author of Hebrews is talking about. But for us today, we need to understand that this is a situation where we won't know all of the answers, so we should not hold to it too dogmatically, but instead should understand the way in which Timothy can represent what we have just learned about in a specific sense. By being now freed up from whatever this burden was, he is once again able to be used by God. So whether we are in a situation where we are experiencing hardship, mistreatment, suffering, or other things, in those situations, we are representing God with how we respond. But when we come out of those situations, it's a new opportunity for us to choose to follow and display for the Lord, our obedience to him as we represent him to the world around us. Now, certainly you could have looked at any of the other questions that popped into your mind. I know that that one in verse two is very much entertaining to look into. How have people been feeding or showing hospitality to angels without that being aware? It's just a crazy thing to think about. Whatever it is that God is sparking your curiosity about here in this chapter, focus in on studying that. Dig into that deeply understand in a greater sense what God's word is saying, answer those questions in your life that you might be able to display to him a greater love, a greater obedience today than you had yesterday. As you endeavor at that task, know you are loved. You're-